1: Lou, recording this after a shameful Niners game. <laughs> I got I got a smile on my face because I'm
2: smiling through the pain. I'm I'm a lifelong Niners fan, lifelong Niners fan. Um, and I know you're a Raiders fan, but like it's worse being mm. a Niners fan because, oh well, it's worse for me because we've gone to the Super Bowl a few times that we lose. We lose in heart-wrenching ways. You know what I mean? I didn't watch Montana and Young, so this is what I get. Damn. I get the <laughs> fucking worst, lose, worst losses every single season. Seahawks, never in doubt that we lose this game. So, you know, the usual stuff. The usual Jimmy, the usual mistakes being made. I, you got to love this team, man.
1: Every week. <sighs> every yeah. week. Well, that's not why people are here. We're here to discuss the <laughs> Warriors. Um, I had a great, got a great mailbag episode today, uh, recording the day after the warriors, what I would call really their first clunker of the season. Yep. I, there's things that happened in the Spurs game that I didn't like, but like in the context of the season, this was the first game I've seen them come out where I'm like, dude, you guys are just not into it at all, you know? Um, and through 24 games or 23 games. I'll take that. That's a yep. third. That's over a third of the season, man. You know, yep. it's like usually by this point of the season, it, you sh- you usually have a few of those. If this was last year, they'd have like five of those.
2: I, the only gripe I have about that game is I, I'm not, Steph played 37 minutes. Um, they played most of the, everyone on the back to back, except for Otto Porter. I'm not sure they should have done that. I just I felt like Steve, if, if he loves Popovich, ironically was going up against Popovich, so maybe he had a little bit more respect than the benches guys. But I think if I were him, and especially in a long season like this, after a big win, why not just sit those guys, right? Steph shot like shit. I think part of it was just he's exhausted. He's thirty three years old. He's going to be thirty four. Like he can't be expected to play those back to back type of games. So that's the only gripe that I have. Other than that, yeah, I mean they they just they threw a
1: clunker and they're down by twenty, and it's it's hard to beat a disciplined team uh, like that. Yeah, for me, well, one, I can tell you they're not resting Steph for home games. He's getting the back to back rest on the That's road. That's fair. That's fair. That's um, fair. You're right. Two. <laughs> they got Joe not way. letting that happen. Joe they not letting go, that happen. No, Joe's not letting that happen. Steph better be hurt if he's not playing <laughs> on him at, at Chase. You're right. You're right. The house that Steph Curry built. Nah, not happening. Um fair enough. What I was gonna say is they got Orlando on Monday, Portland on Wednesday. It's a f- Those are games that if they play their game, Steph doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. Sure. So he should make up his rest a little bit. I'm not too concerned about that. Um, So without uh, further ado, let's get to the questions. Because actually, we've got some great topics here that I would, literally the topics I was going to mention to you that we should talk about. So from Gavin Brown, 40, why doesn't Steph take mid-range shots anymore? So, before we get into this question, I've seen this starting to float on social, particularly when the Warriors play terrible. People are like, God, Steph's just hunting the three. Like, just take it to the rim or just take the mid-range shot. And, you know, the, the Spurs game was a textbook example that he could not shoot, could not hit shots, and he didn't stop shooting threes. He didn't really adjust too much. Um, Analytics ruining the game,
2: Sam. That's what it is. <laughs> Numbers ruining the game. I Actually, I think it's a fair point. I actually think it's an extremely fair point. I think – I think Steph should look at shooting mid-range jumpers if he doesn't make his first few threes. Um, I, I like that he was shooting the amount of threes that he was shooting. I mean, you can never go wrong with him shooting that amount and, and not being scared to shoot half court shots at the buzzer, even when he's one for 15 from three. But, you know, it's it's a, it's. I think part of it was fatigue, but I think part of it is especially in a close game like that. It, especially in crunch time minutes, you don't need to always hunt a 28-footer, right, uh, with Steph because he can essentially get every every shot that he wants. Also, the other thing is he's also not making the same amount of uh, shots at the rim as, as he used to. So I don't know what to attribute that to. It might be fluky. Um, he's a little bit of a slump right now, but I think all of that kind of, you could take all of that under
1: consideration. Yeah. I'm trying to make a determination if he's actually declining at the rim or it's just a right. slow start to the season. Right. I, I kind of think it's just a slow start to the season. Uh, I see nothing that indicates a serious physical decline from what we saw last year. You know, now if you're going to tell me he's not as quick as he was in 2016, sure. But like he was finishing fine at the rim and I don't think he's any slower now. Than I agree. He was last year. I agree. Um, to your point, you are right. It is analytics winning out. This is Steve 2.0. Um, Draymond said it on his podcast. They want Steph to take 23s a game. They want to space the floor. They want to cut the mid range out. And you know what? It's working 19 and four. They're playing a little bit of mori ball where it's like, you can complain when it's when it looks ugly, like it looked against the Spurs. It looks really ugly but the results are the results they're 19 and four and playing this way has won them more games than it has not won them. So I I think that's legitimately part of it. They want to be a team that takes a ton of threes and a ton of shots at the rim and limits the mid range. And so far on the season, top five and threes top five at the rim 29th in mid range jumpers. What do you think Steph wants to do though? I think Steph wants to win. I think for me, so so a few people have thrown out, ah, oh, feels like James Harden, and we know that doesn't work in the playoffs. And I agree with that, but I have more faith in Steph to adjust when it matters than James Harden. I always felt like James Harden used it as a crutch to like not go for it. It's like, well, they tell me to take the step back. It's like, bro, time and situation. You, you got to know in the fourth quarter of game seven, like you just got to get a bucket. I trust Steph to get a bucket when they need to get one and like kind of go off script than more than I trust James Harden to when it matters. I think Steph's just, he's being a team player. He's seeing how this works. You know, if they're down 2 one in a playoff series, do you think Steph's not going to adjust? I, I,
2: I, I was just going to say that. I, I think he's doing what he needs to do. Like the rotations, we know that he doesn't like his new substitution pattern, but he's doing it. I think it's effective. Um, and he's going to keep doing it until, until they don't, until they ask him not to. So yeah, I'm with you. If they're down two one in a series, he'll take the shots that he needs to take to win the game. But as of right now, like you said, nineteen and four speaks to itself, man.
1: Speaks for itself. And then there's the second aspect of this team needs Steph to take 15 threes because if you look at the player combination Steve Kerr's playing, there's not a lot of shooters. Like Otto's a huge addition to this team. Ironically, he didn't play last night. You can see the impact of not having him out there, right? And Clay is obviously out. Now you got Jordan Poole who will shoot and Wiggins who's become really reliable in catching shoots, but like GP two, not a shooter. One, you kind of have to pull his teeth to make him shoot. Looney, not a shooter. Draymond, not a shooter. I'm not saying they don't have enough shooting, but they're kind of reliant on Steph to get 15 threes up. It's not like, it's not like they're playing four shooter combos out there that just give Steph space to like probe the way that, I don't know, like Kevin, Dur- like Kevin Durant can live in the mid-range one because he's really good at it, but like two because they put Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and like all these guys who have the responsibility to space the floor around. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, It is funny that no matter how many shooters the Warriors get, they always have a shooting problem. I do think that's pretty funny. We'll see. It.
1: <laughs> we'll, I, think, we'll see- I think Steve. I think Steve legitimately is like I would rather Steph have to take tough threes with better defense on the floor then Steph get easier shots with bad defense, yeah, like yeah, I just hundred percent, hundred percent. This is what year eight of Steve Kerr. You know, the man,
2: I I, I kind of agree with him though. Like I, I kind of agree with him because end of the day, that's the winning type of basketball that you're going to need in the postseason. season that that type yeah, we're, of, sport.
1: we're here to win. We're not here to juice Steph
2: stats. Yeah. <laughs> though it be, though it would be nice. Uh But yeah, I th- you know, uh, he'll be fine. Uh, the next couple weeks of Steph is going to mm-hmm. be insane the hot streak that's coming.
1: I mean, they could play... Like, let's just put it this way. If they played Steph, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Otto Porter, and like, yeah. you know, like Draymond, Bielitsa, Bielitsa yeah. Steph would average 40. And he'd average 40 with like a 50, 40, 90 split. But would they win more games? Nah. nah. Well,
2: Not if you're playing those minutes, like 25 minutes a game. Exactly. Like you sit GP2 or JTA. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Agree. Or, or Draymond, who... You know, he's he's amazing player, but space in the floor is not his game.
2: <laughs> I mean, even, if little, he's
1: hitting, even if he's hitting threes, it's not like
2: am, defenders are gonna respect him. I am getting concerned though with some of the guys where Lee doesn't, doesn't look like he wants to shoot threes anymore. We'll see a little bit too much going to the rim. JK, you just said he, he just he's becoming someone that's almost Draymond-esque and that he doesn't want to shoot threes. I almost it's kind of hard to watch. And yeah. then be is is he's okay, but he's also not shooting enough as well. He doesn't play enough, honestly. The word is out
1: I feel like the Warriors have this problem where if you think you can pass, coming to the Warriors is like paradise for you. But then you get guys like like Omri Caspi was the worst, but like you know you get you get guys like uh, Otto Porter, or, sorry not Otto Porter, uh, Bealita or Juan Toscano-Anderson, like so excited that they get to be more than spot up options that they yeah. like they forget to spot up. It's like, bro, we get it. You can pass a little bit, but like you're yeah. here. Number one to space floor and offense. We're, we yeah. don't need you to play make. We got we got a uh, we got Draymond Green to do that.
2: But it's like, it, it, but it's almost too much, right? Especially for I think J T and Billie are the guys that are probably the largest culprits of this. Mm-hmm. Not that they're like comparable shooters. Billie is a lot better, but they're almost looking a pass first, pass first each time. And it's like at some point you guys gotta be a threat somewhere. A threat. You can't just become Draymond Green on offense. You're just you're not that type of guy. You're not that guy. Those are not that guys. You just yeah, got to shoot. I mean, or, I mean
1: yeah. and quite frankly, I'd like it if Draymond shot more too, but Draymond's right. just so good at everything else at basketball, like A plus plus at everything else that you're like, you deal with the fact that you're going to get a handful of possessions where you're like, dude, please, what, what are you doing? You know, like you just hope it's like two to three instead of like six to seven, which we had last right. year. Right. Right. Let's get to the next question. Um, you brought it up earlier. It, it was a question here from uh, Zevin Schuster. What's the rotation of minutes you'd prefer for Steph? And who gets in the 8-9 playoff man rotation? Let's talk about the Steph rotation first. Um, so you mentioned the new rotation pattern. I like it. I think
2: it keeps Steph, fre- keeps Steph fresh for the end of games. I like that they give him a blow. So he's in for almost eight minutes a quarter. And he also there's no chance of him in the fourth quarter playing just five minutes, right? Like that's really why I like it. In terms of a rhythm, you can argue that he gets not he doesn't have the chance to get into a rhythm. I don't know, right? Steph obviously doesn't prefer it, but at the end of the day, I think if Steph really, really hates it, they'll move away from him in a playoff series. So that's how I'd go with the first. I'll let you go first and then we'll get to the eight nine, eight nine man.
1: So so the two things. One Steph has scored 50 and over 40 twice in this rotation pattern. So I really don't want to hear that it's screwing with him. Like Steph, Steph, he's go watch his years with the other rotation pattern. He has five to six game stretches where he's tired. He can't hit a shot. Like it happens. You yeah. know? Uh, we We tend to remember those 10 minute, those 10 game spans where it's like, good God, he can't miss anything. And you forget about like the three to five game ones where it's like, he's more of a volume guy. So that's, that's part of it um two they don't win against Cleveland without the substitution pattern that game sticks to mind because instead of having Steph start the quarter uh, um on the bench and Steve try to get him in there at 8 minutes instead of you know 6 he starts the quarter and Steve didn't pull him for his mid-quarter rest he's like I'm just going to ride this we have to ride it we need to get 30 Steph's going to have to play 38 39 minutes and this is it's easier for the coach to control how Steph comes in and out if he starts the quarter in my yes. opinion yes um, this is kind of similar to the substitution pattern LeBron James has had for most of his career, to be honest. And that's why LeBron's able to stay in high minutes. If you notice LeBron would always get a blow at, at about the six or five minute mark yep. in the first quarter, they come back in and then he would torch you at the beginning of the second quarter with LeBron and second unit against like, I'm just gonna use the Warriors example against a Warriors team would Steph off the floor and you got like LeBron and let's just say it's the Cleveland teams uh, going against like the Warriors second unit teams. And it, it it would just be a Cleveland win every time. So I think this allows Steph to be on the court more. It allows the coach to play him more. And when you get to the playoffs, these blows may only be two minutes per quarter, 40 minutes a mm-hmm. game. You know, he may leave the first quarter at the six minute mark and come back at the four minute mark. And, and then when you're really talking about it, you're like, I don't even rem- – he was off the floor for five possessions. I don't even remember him being off the floor, you know? It's like one of those things where it's like they got three possessions and then, like, timeout and he's back in. The, the the big key
2: there is that they get to control how many minutes he plays in the fourth quarter. Um, If he's playing well and they need him to play the whole quarter, he will play the whole quarter. And it still only adds up to be about 37 minutes a game, which is only – whereas we saw last season, right, where he would – where they wouldn't put him into six, but then with the flow of the game and what's happening, if there's no stoppages, he comes in with 4.38 left. All of a sudden what the hell is going on, right? Like he doesn't and then and then with the way they run offense, he's not gonna get a shot with under three minutes left. And all of a sudden the game is over. Um so yeah, I agree with you.
1: Um I really think that they should do it this way. In terms of and and let's and, be real Steph, if if Steph had his say he'd just play 48 minutes the yeah, same way uh, that like Katie, who currently uh, has a say in Brooklyn, does. But does <laughs> like,
2: actually he plays all 48 every single game right? which they're yeah, they're there. It's getting ugly over there. A nine man rotation. All
1: right. Goes without saying. Staff, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Looney. got mm. um, six. Uh, maybe not as much Looney as five and a Kerr half Her plays, but like five and a half. Looney's in the rotation. Igadala. Okay. Six and a half. That's seven. <laughs> Otto. Seven and a half. <laughs> eight. Um, I think that's your eight man. And then after that, it depends on the matchup. It might be JTA. It might be D Lee. It might be Bielitsa. It might be Wiseman. It might be GP two. Um, I think that eight man is like the core, you know? And then after that you, you kind of have to play matchups. I'm with you. Um, I think in terms of the matchup players
2: that they have GP two is at the top of the list for me. Um, he's someone that doesn't turn the ball over. Cause I think J- JTA is up there, but JTA turns the ball over way too much. And he's also not nearly the same defender that GP2 is. And right. he doesn't, if Andre Godal is healthy, there's really no point in having JTA out, out there. Um, so I think GP2 is that guy if um if if uh if you're picking one out of all the matchup type players he's he's and, and he's an elite defender he can change a game with his energy there's so many good guards in the nba that i think he's the type of guy that you can sick him on damian lillard if you're playing him in a series um you can sick him on uh donovan mitchell if you're playing them right devin booker maybe even a little bit chris paul especially right so i think he's i would put it as a nine-man rotation with gp2 but i'm with you everybody else is is, is uh, we'll see We'll see. Just throw them out there, see if they're playing good. If not, don't play them in the second half, type of thing. And really that goes for Looney, too, honestly, as well.
1: I agree with you. Um by the way, Looney, he's been subpar, but Steve Steve probably needs to play him a little less than he has, but like he's still a valuable part of the rotation. He's their best defensive big um outside of Draymond. But you know, it's it's not his fault that they're playing. Him more minutes than they should.
2: Also, he's going up against Aiden, which I feel bad for him. For like, it's, it's it's just, he's doing it's a really... pretty good
1: job against Aiden, to be honest. Like, yeah. do you guys really think Wiseman's going to do a better job against Aiden?
2: Yeah. Oh, can we talk about that? Is there, there? There's no question. There's no questions around Wiseman, I think. But no. yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's not like it's a straight post-up. It's like it's pick and rolls. It's outrunning him down the court. James Watson hasn't played basketball in a year. You think he's coming back off of him to play and, The most
1: complicated position in basketball. Are you
2: kidding me defensively? Like, are you kidding me against one of the most athletic centers? And a maestro of a point guard that's essentially a genius. He's going to play him like a string every possession down. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Draymond, or do you think he's going to make a difference?
1: Draymond's the best pick and roll defender in the league. Like the way he plays cat and mouse with point guards is just like an art form. Like no one's better than Draymond at that. Basically, a rookie big man who's very raw is going to get skewered. I don't care how big and athletic he is, he's going to get absolutely skewered. That is the hardest thing for anyone to figure out in the NBA, like how to guard a pick and roll, particularly against guys like Chris Paul um Devin Booker is actually a phenomenal pick and roll player too um if you want to talk about other teams like yeah you're gonna LeBron out of the pick and roll like good night right like it's the hardest thing to do rookie young big man's not solving that no it's not at all and Looney has his limitations but he doesn't make mistakes at all Uh, and he's always in the right spot And he's a pretty good defender and he can hang with bigs
2: yeah I I'm with you, man. It, it frustrates me, and it's not even Wiseman's fault. It's like you guys are expect not you guys are expecting him to be Rudy Gobert the moment
1: he steps on the court. Get the fuck out of here! All right, next one. Yeah, I was gonna say if anything, this team needs Otto to um, continue progressing physically because he's like that, like you know, big wing, like four or five man who can play next to Draymond and provide spacing, or they need to find another guy like that for those playoff lineups because end of the day you want a guy who's kind of a kind of a big wing next to Draymond in the front court against playoff teams anyway you know it could be a it could be a flashy move like Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons or something like that or like yeah. realistically it might be moving Wiggins to the power forward or it might be Otto Porter getting better or it might be someone else you know um like Otto who's less flashy than a max player but yeah. like effective who can do that stuff those are the type of players that I think the Warriors are going to want not want need to uh to hang in the deeper playoff series golden state
2: warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find warriors tickets anymore because tick pick that's t i c k p i c k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all nba tickets tick pick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets if you don't believe it if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one compared it to another site that I usually use TickPick was actually cheaper Uh, so there you go But make sure you go to TickPick for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: All right, a uh, couple Chioza questions. So I'm going to go with Ramon Ricans' question: Why is Chiosa getting more minutes than our number seven lottery pick? Even Moody should get some of the minutes if Chiosa is. I don't care if he can pass; he's zero scoring threat and zero defensive impact.
2: I is it our first time watching Steve Steve Kerr coach? This isn't even Steve 1.0 or 2.0. This is who he is as a coach. He doesn't tolerate just Mistakes from young players. Um, there is no reason for us to think that Moses Moody can play or car take the ball uh the way that Chioza can. chioza is a proven, at least a backup point guard that as as much as it is to make fun of him, because we saw what Brandon Watermaker did last season, doesn't really make mistakes. Um, and then Kaminga, to- it's just totally different responsibilities and roles. And yeah, situations. different different positions, totally different. Same with Moody, though, you could say the same thing. True. And Let's- I th- so right? let me ask you
1: this. Let me ask you this. Why yeah. do you think Steve played Chioza both against the Suns and uh, oh, against the Spurs, and quite frankly, a few games back that he's thrown him out there, kind of as surprise? I, I, I know exactly why.
2: He just he doesn't mess up. He doesn't mess up. The Warriors have a, the what are they like thirtieth in turnovers this season? Like as close to it. And uh, what what their problem is is just throw the ball around the court. If they come out and they throw around like five turnovers in the first eight minutes, Chiles is coming in the game. Like that's the reason why. Like Kaminga and Moody aren't helping. That Kaminga and Moody aren't. Are it's almost like that. you know. what's yeah.
1: funny about Chiles. It's like uh, he's oh, playing. Oh, he's playing when uh, Iguodala's out because that's usually Iguodala's role. Yeah. Oh god, it's such a great point. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's why he's playing.
2: Like Kaminga and Moody do not help with that. What they help with is energy and and if they help with what JT helps with and the fact that jta is playing well means that there's no minutes for those guys it's, it's just a totally different or, role
1: or like moody should be fighting damian lee for that like shooter yep. off the bench role it's he's not he's not a ball handler every time that steves thrown chioza into there it's been a game they've been super reckless with the ball and and, and you're right like it's it's games where they where they're turning the ball over and steves like i need someone who i can trust to not get pick sixed every time um, um, I
2: know a quarterback
1: that likes to get picked off in big oh games God. all the time. Yeah, and th- piggybacking that, um, they probably should have had Kuminga for the Spurs game. Um, just hindsight's twenty twenty, but like back to back, that's the prime game that a young guy gives you energy. And they were down Otto Porter, who plays the same position as him. Like it would have been good to have Kuminga for that game, yeah. but well,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. If they
1: gave Kuminga like thirty five minutes in the G League. That's probably better for him anyway.
2: I actually I was gonna say I I yeah I probably he probably should have played, but back to back games in the G League, I think that's better. Um just those guys aren't gonna help you win games. It's just it's just energy stuff. Um though they look good in the G League, Sam. The numbers look good. So hopefully they'll uh they'll make an impact
1: soon. All right, next one. Yeah, maybe we'll see them against Orlando or Portland. Those are we better see them against Orlando, <laughs> to be honest. Um right. <laughs> Co not bad.
2: Uh they're a
1: bad team though. From David Chen, should Steph run more on-ball offense?
2: I think we can uh, we can copy and paste this question into like every month, every year uh, of, of watching the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, I think this is a question reserved for the postseason. Um, for the regular season, I'm okay with them running whatever offense they want because Steve Kerr's system is going to be perfect in the regular season. Teams just aren't disciplined enough to defend that defense ever. Um, in the postseason, Sam and I have said it year in, year out. Yes, absolutely. Yes.
1: You see, you see it against good teams. You see it against teams who have the Warriors scouted and jammed their off ball actions like the Suns and the Spurs. They know what the Warriors want to run. They kind of rush Steph a little bit. So yeah, you should get a little more on ball stuff, but it's not coming December 5th. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I will say um, we might see that
2: earlier this postseason. Uh, just because I do think with the coaching changes that they've had, that Steve has made, there is a chance that they make uh, changes offensively a lot quicker than what they used to. I think Steve has always waited until he's down in a series. I don't think that's going to be the case this postseason. I think there's a little bit more urgency now. Yeah. I mean, just with the type of defense you've tweeted about this, just with the type of defenses that they've run out there in the regular season, just the adjustments that they've made playing weird zones, right? Boxing ones and triangle and two stuff like that. Like, I, just a lot of different weird
1: stuff that you normally never see from a Steve Kerr team. Yeah, I agree with you. It's he's he's definitely coaching more matchups than his typical. Like we're gonna play our game and then you know just get yep. through the season that way. Yep. I'm giving you a segue, by the way, to the next question. <laughs> to the next
2: question. This is a nice question for Bernardo
1: Vivas from Bernardo Vivas, our our friend in Brazil. <laughs> best defense since 1415 or this year. Okay, which defense is better? 2014, 15, or this year's? Uh 1415 with it easily. Yeah, I agree. Well, Draymond's better now than he was in 1415. Oh, 15. you think so?
2: Draymond a little has like controversial.
1: A, Draymond has a mental mastery of the game right now that he didn't have in 1415. He was That's phenomenal true. in 1415, but like right now, Draymond's the best. I mean, he's just—he's like the Jedi who knows everything about everything at this yeah. stage of his career, right? But 15 had prime Bogut, prime Igadala, yep. yep, Clay Thompson, who yep. we don't have, um, Livingston off the bench. I mean, ooh, they had a lot of good defenders, a lot of great defense. Even when they lost games, it wasn't because of defense. Like both the Cleveland and Memphis series, they lost games like 88 to 90. Like, yeah. which tells you, like, no one was scoring on them at all. They were, they were yeah. phenomenal on defense. So I'm yeah. going to go 14-15. This defense, though, is really special, and I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs because again, they're not getting beat on offense. They're not no. getting sorry. They're not getting beat on defense.
2: No, they're not. No, they're not. I'm with you. I'm with you for those exact same reasons. Prime Andre Iguodala. I mean, guys, what are we talking about here? Prime Andre Iguodala was the best outside wing defender in the entire NBA. Like right up there with Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. The Warriors don't have anyone like that. As much as I love GP2. So we'll, we'll wait and see uh, the next part. Wiggins, the Wiggins
1: has been phenomenal, but yes, there's, man. there's levels to Wiggins and peak Andre Godala. That's not that's not an insult. Peak Andre Iguodala, peak Andre Iguodala, LeBron and Kobe would say is like the best defender they went against yes. that type of stuff. So, yes. I mean, he's probably the best wing defender of a generation. I mean, he he was one of the main reasons that they freaking
2: beat OKC in that seven-game series, that he was up against Kevin Durant and made one of the biggest swipe steals that you can make in game six down the stretch there. So, guys, it's not
1: close. It's not close. All right, hit Bernardo's second question. Is this the deepest roster in the career? Uh, his first question answered the second question.
2: It's 14-15 again. Uh, it's strength and numbers, what Steve's favorite. But, I mean, like you just said, that roster up and down, um, starts with Steph Curry, but Leandro Barbosa, Sean Livingston, you mentioned Mo um, Spates, Mo Spates, right?
1: Ornian Kuzmich. Yeah,
2: all right. All right. <laughs> relax. Uh, but a whole, a whole, whole team, whole team that, that was, I mean, just that team was special, man. Like just special up and down. The road. Now it's not to say that this roster can't be as good, but we just haven't seen it yet. There's a lot of guys outside of Steph, Clay, Dre and Iganawa, um, we're going to have to see him in a playoff setting to know that whether they're going to be good enough to play or that in that setting or not.
1: I agree. Um, I'm going to go 14, 15 pending clay's return. If clay is legit when he comes back, well, I mean, I think clay's going to be fine when he comes back, but depending how good clay is, when he comes back, I might give it to this team. But until I see clay, I don't know. My, my, my general feeling on this year's roster is it's the deepest in this NBA but I have questions about the high end talent pending Clay's return. All their losses have been, you know, Steph save us and he doesn't have it that night. Like, I just don't know that they have enough high end talent right now. So, uh, Clay probably solves that, but I got to see it before I believe it right now. So, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that one. I, I have, a, I have I an affinity felt- for. I felt yeah. strongly about it before the season started. With the way they've played so well, I've now kind of moved to claim might be enough to get him over the hump. You were you were
2: you were all in on him not being enough and now it's changed. And also I think part of that is I think the rest of the NBA, the rest of the league is not. It's not it, – I mean, it's, I shouldn't say it's not great. That, that dis, That's disrespectful. But I think that the Warriors, with the way they are today, there's no team in the league that you could tell me is automatically better than them. I think the only team that you can make an argument for that for right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. To say in a series that I would say, oh, I think if Clay isn't fully healthy, I think Milwaukee's going to win that series. But every other team out there, I think if you tell them in a series, I think, yeah, I could see the Warriors easily winning the title against the Suns, the the Nets, the, the Jazz right? Anybody, the Lakers, anybody, Sixers, anybody out there. Um, And I think that's where the NBA is today. There's no team out there that I think that would force the Warriors,
1: if Clay is semi-healthy for
2: them to say that they're much better than the Warriors.
1: I can, I could go with that. I'm, I'm, I'm at least putting this on ice until I see how they look with Clay coming back. I just, I still have questions about their five man closing lineup when it gets to like serious basketball time. Like, what's that going to be? Is Wiggins going to play this, the, the, power forward can he rebound well enough he's not Harrison Barnes he's not Kevin Durant he's more of a perimeter oriented player so who's going to be that guy who's kind of the second big next to Draymond if they play Jordan Poole are they too small if they play a good dollar is it are they too old I mean there's there's questions I like the roster a lot I think they're right there but I there's there's let's just say there's games to be seen. Let's see how they look when Clay comes back before anything else. I've I've moved off of my you need to trade for Siakam or whoever stands to I, let's wait and see. But
2: you know, the NBA this season feels like it comes down to three players. Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard. Like it feels like it comes down to those three guys. Ooh, Kawhi I, I was
1: I can't decide if he's coming back or not.
2: I, I know I know what I'm saying exactly, right? That's kind of the point like uh, you said last week, like if, if Kai comes back, it's a scary team. Agreed. Uh, Kyrie Irving comes back, obviously we know we I'll know it's a scary I'll throw, team.
1: I'll throw one more in there. GM LeBron, <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, trade deadline, LeBron. Right. Four four things this season that'll decide it. It's those three. And what the hell is LeBron going to do in LA? Is he going to go back to Cleveland or what, what's going on? Um, I, I want to throw Jamal Murray in there, but I feel like MPJ's done for the season, so I want I'm gonna
1: count out the uh, Denver's just having Denver. just, just having a nightmare year with the yeah. health. I feel bad for them, but yeah, I'm with you. Those um, four no, guys. No, that makes that makes sense to me. It's if Kyrie comes back, Brooklyn is a different animal. Um Clay the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, Clay determines a lot of things with the Warriors. And you know, I don't think Kawhi's coming back, but if Kawhi's back, the Clippers are scary. And then, um, you know, LeBron can always trade Russ for someone else. (laughs) Who knows? Um, Maybe they'll get Dame. I don't know. Who knows? I want to throw one premium question in here for for the listeners so they can see what's up with the premium Discord and everything. Uh, Daniel throws this question out here. What team do you think will make calls for Christian Wood at the deadline? Do you think the Warriors have a realistic offer? Don't really care about other teams right now. Um, (laughs) Let's talk Warriors. Do you want Christian Wood? Um I'm going to be honest with you I haven't watched too much Christian
2: Wood because he plays on oh, the Houston Rockets but I have watched a couple games of him. Um he feels like that. Type well, of play- he hasn't gotten he hasn't changed since last year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, but the type of player that he is also hasn't changed in my opinion. He's just not Demonas. Okay. Damanis Sabonis was brought up uh, by, uh, by a friend of the show, Andre Snellings. Just kidding. Don't know who he is. Uh, but ESPN threw out a trade that the Warriors should trade all their rookies for Damanis Sabonis because he's a big, he can score, he can pass. Good player. And I'm not saying that Christian Wood is Damanis Sabonis, but it feels to me he's like that type of big who's really good for fantasy. Can shoot, can score, can dribble, can do really cool stuff. A couple blocks here and there. But in terms of is he a winning player? I I have no idea. I don't think anyone has any idea. He's played on teams that have not won. Um, So as of right now, I don't see the Warriors even thinking about getting him. And even if they do, I don't think they give up anything to a point that the
1: Rockets would care for someone like Wood. Here's my rule of thumb with training the young guys. I have to get back someone who can be in a closing lineup versus the Phoenix Suns, for example. Or the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks or the post-trade deadline Lakers, you know, something like that, right? And Christian Wood strikes me as a – he's not a good defender. He looks like a good defender because he's athletic, but he strikes me as a guy who will get destroyed in the playoffs. Miles Turner, different story. Miles Turner I know can defend at a high level. I might want to make a move for a guy like that. But guys like Sabonis, who by the way is phenomenal – um, offensively, guys like Christian Wood who'll get you 20 and 10 and the numbers are going to look sexy and it's efficient and all that sort of stuff. I'm not mortgaging the future for guys who might only play 20 minutes a game in the Western Conference Finals because they can't defend, I especially see. at the big man position. Like, more than anything, it's like if we want a big who's going to score and can't defend, I already have James Wiseman, you know?
2: All right, all right. <laughs> and, and he
1: might actually be able to defend in a year or two. Christian Wood's like twenty seven. Do you really think he's going to become a great defender? Like he's passable against mid play, mid tier playoff teams right now. I, I
2: wholeheartedly agree. I, I I'll take my chances on James Wiseman because he's young, he's bigger, he's more athletic, and he also has a great support system around him, great coaching staff, and players around him that'll make him better. Um, so I I'll take and my chances with that. Unless you tell me you're, you're right, like
1: you said. Unless you tell me. Unless you telling me, you're telling me
2: yeah, shit, shit, yeah, If you're telling me that's happening.
1: Yeah, because see, I know Siakam can be in my five-man closing lineup in the finals. I know I can play him at center or power forward next to Draymond and switch everything and be good on offense as well. Like, I know that works. I'm willing to mortgage the future and take a chance that maybe one of the young guys you sell is really good for a piece like that. I'm not willing to do it for a piece I don't think can play in the Western Conference Finals or the Finals. Absolutely not.
2: Absolutely closed not. Games. Sorry,
1: not play. close games. I know yeah. Christian Wood can play 20 minutes a game. I don't think he closing against the Suns with Christian Wood. Yeah. No,
2: no. And I, it's just, just fantasy basketball stuff at that point. I'm not even going to bother. So I'm glad he is you a agree. Hell of a, he is a hell of a fantasy player, though. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. But I think the Warriors play a different type of ball winning
1: basketball. All right, do we have any more? That it? That's it. We're going to end it there. We'll be back. There'll be green rooms after the Magic and the Blazers game this week.